What do you think upstairs, Chris? It wasn't quite together in the first verse, I don't think. Okay. It still seems to speed up a bit on the airport. Might be my imagination. I want two. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the podcast where we discuss, discover, and dissect the mono and stereo differences from classic albums from the 60s. And today, we're going to be moving into 2021 with the first double album feature on the show, taking a look at the classic 1968 LP, The Beatles, or as it's more commonly known, The White Album, obviously by The Beatles. It's an album that consists of varying tracks, varying musical styles, recording approaches, and quite a diverse range of just compositions from all four members of the group, including Ringo's first composition, four very varied ones from George, and a bizarre array of compositions from John Lennon and Paul McCartney, of course. Now, before we dive into the album itself, I wanted to say a few words to thank everyone for the listeners of the podcast from last year. We moved to the podcast platform in May, and since then, I've had between, obviously, the Mixology podcast and the Back to Mono podcast over 11,000 downloads, which has only grown since I actually calculated that. So thank you very much to everyone that's been listening, subscribing, and I hope to make 2021 an even bigger year for both podcasts, diving into more realms of course, and hopefully being able to bring you a new Patreon platform for those that wish to support the podcast and also get a little more out of it. I'm also hoping to bring a couple of guests onto the podcast throughout the year, but keep your eyes peeled for that and your ears peeled even more so. We're going to kick things off with a direct look straight away at the first track because where else do we begin, let's be honest here. Now, the opening track is the classic Back in the USSR and it immediately starts with the fade up of a plane flying over as a sound effect tape from, I believe, the Abbey Road archives. Now, the mono was done basically as a first pass, and as a result, the tape sounds in good shape, but by the time they got to the stereo, they had to make so many passes at it that the tape was severely degraded and worn, and especially at the end of the track in stereo, you can really hear the difference, which we'll get to in a second. However, starting right at the beginning, the sound effect fades up at a different point, and in mono, you can hear the tape starting up right at the beginning of the fade. Also, that guitar that comes in just before the backing track itself starts sounds more distant in stereo as compared to the mono. Here's the mono first with the tape starting up, followed by the stereo. And again in stereo. The main body of the track doesn't differ too much between the mono and stereo mixes, though Paul's vocal does sit more up front in stereo, and the drums, which are panned off to the right, and the drum overdubs panned off to the left, played by John and George, are more up front in the stereo mix. What I'll do is I'll start you on the stereo mix, and then move that to the mono so you can get a feel for both mixes. Mono. Leave it till tomorrow to unpack my 
As we move into the solo, this is where the main difference in the track occurs. The ad-libs by Paul over the top are mixed out in the mono version as opposed to the stereo where these remain, when the airplane is also more prominent in the mono mix, but it also appears at different times, and the piano is absent in the stereo mix where it's been mixed down, whereas in mono it remains throughout, especially right in the middle. Here's the stereo version first with the yelps, the alternate plane sounds and the lack of piano and then again in mono without the yelps, with the piano and with the louder and more prominent plane sounds. And again in mono. As we hit the second bridge, the Mike Love style duh, 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 by John stands out more at first in stereo, whereas in mono it's a bit more buried in the mix, becoming a bit more of an even level later on. Here that is in mono first, where you won't really hear it, and then in stereo where you can hear the duh, duh, as it comes in. Again, in stereo. As we hit the end of the track, the aforementioned degraded airplane sound is no more noticeable anywhere else in the track than here, as it's obviously gone along and just worn down. It sounds like a hollow wind compared to the roar of the mono mix. Here it is in mono first, sounding like a real airplane flying overhead, and then here it is in stereo, where you'll notice it's just warbled and be I don't know how else to describe that. But there's also a few differences in the fades as well. The stereo appears to have a bit of a ha-ha in the left channel, while the mono has a drum thump. We'll also notice as we transition to Dear Prudence that the mono version comes in earlier than the stereo. So let's hear that in mono first with the better plain sound, the extra drum thump, the lack of ha-ha and the earlier cut to Prudence, followed by the stereo with the worn plain sound, the ha-ha, the lack of drum thump and the later cut to Prudence. And again in stereo. As we move to Dear Prudence, we've already heard its transition from back in the USSR differing between the two mixes, but apart from that, it doesn't have anything keyly different, just a few kind of feel-based ones, if you like. 
The bass becomes more prominent in stereo due to its clarity in the mix. It's definitely there, especially as the track goes on in the same way in the mono mix, but you notice it far more in stereo. As the track goes on as well, the stereo feels a bit more intimate as the separation kind of brings the emphasis on the band down, where in mono, the band comes together and feels more cohesive, but it loses a certain charm of John being in your room that you feel with the stereo. I'm gonna start with the more intimate stereo and pay attention to the balance, especially in the bass. And then we'll move to the mono where things come together in a more cohesive way, but elements don't feel quite so discreet. Mono. The transition into Glass Onion once again differs from the mono to the stereo. I'll play it for you in stereo first and then again in mono where it comes in what appears to be two beats earlier. Pay attention to John's finger picked guitar part and exactly where that drum hit comes in after that. And again in mono. I would argue on this track as we go through, the drums are less impactful in stereo and this also means the tambourine, which is likely on the same track, is also buried a little more in the mix, not standing out as much. I'll start with the stereo and then we'll move swiftly into the mono where the drums have much more of an impact and really drive the track along. Into mono. Now, in the bridge where John lovingly says some interesting interpretations of the words, oh yeah, by the time he gets to his final scream at the end, in mono, this retains it just being John, but in stereo, you can hear Paul kind of come in in the background just at the last minute to support him. Let's start with the mono where Paul is absent, and then again in stereo where you'll notice where he's been added in. Again, in stereo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
finally, the edit into the string section at the end is pretty rough in both mixes, although it's one of my favorite transitions on the album. But in stereo, it's a bit more of a haphazard cut, seemingly getting the start of what may be a bass hit by Paul, whereas in mono, this is just a click rather than a bit of a thump, if you like. Here it is in stereo first, followed by the slightly cleaner cut, mono. And again, in mono. Obla Obladar is quite a simple mix because it was moved from 4-track to 8-track in the recording process of the Weiss album and due to the bounce down tape, the backing track is actually in mono in both mixes. However, in stereo, Paul's lead vocal and as a result many of the other vocal bits, but not all, are treated to some ADT or artificial double tracking to give it a stereo effect. However, in mono, this effect is absent, so not only does Paul not sound double-tracked, but he's also sounding a little bit more natural and just sat in the centre. More importantly than this, though, is that the hand claps at the beginning, which are ADT'd in stereo as well to give an effect, are absent in mono. Let's play the start of the track in stereo first for you, so you can hear the hand claps and how Paul's vocal sounds when it comes in. And then we'll play it again in mono, where you can hear the lack of hand claps and obviously Paul's single tracked vocal once he enters in. And again, in mono. Shockingly, or maybe not quite so, the little interlude track Wild Honey Pie has a couple of nice little differences for us to look at. The tom, which is panned over to the right in stereo, appears to be louder and maybe a little wetter in stereo, standing out a little more as opposed to its mono counterpart. Similarly, there's two vocal tracks sung by Paul, one higher and one lower. If you notice between the two mixes, they're balanced a little differently, with the gruffer vocals standing out a tiny bit more in stereo. Here's a section of that in mono first, with the softer drum and the higher vocal more up front, and then again in stereo with the gruffer vocal up and the tom a little bit more standing out with a little bit more reverb applied. And again, in stereo.
And once again, we get a differing edit between the two tracks here going into Bungalow Bill. And once again, it's faster in the mono mix, making anyone that's not a huge fan of this album surely notably favorable of the mono mix because it's over a few seconds earlier than it is in stereo. Here, you'll notice that there's a little bit more noise and talk right at the end before the Mellotron flamenco guitar bit enters in. In stereo, this is cut a little shorter. Here it is in stereo first, and then again in mono, and see if you can spot the reduced time difference. And again in mono. Bungalow Bill is a pretty simple track and maybe not one that I'm a huge fan of either, but thankfully we don't have to spend much time on it as the backing vocals here are ADT'd in both mixes, therefore making it have a slightly flange stereo effect in stereo, but making it sound awfully uncomfortable metallic in mono. I put another word in my notes, but I shan't be using that in this podcast. The clapping at the end also retains this effect, but when we look at said clapping and the end of the track which has John saying A up and this transitionally beautifully, my favourite part of the track, into while my guitar gently weeps, in stereo as soon as the A up ends that opening hi-hat of while my guitar begins, whereas in mono you get about a second more of clapping after this. Here it is in stereo first with that smooth transition and then again in mono where it's a little late but it still feels pretty good. Hey and again in mono. Hey Once again quite like Dear Prudence, the bass is more defined in the stereo mix here, although as the track goes on I find that they're pretty evenly balanced once you get to the later sections of the track, but as I say it's more noticeable in the stereo. I will get you to listen out for that while I'm going to show you the next little difference which is very very subtle. Eric Clapton's lead guitar in this has been ADT'd to give it a little bit more of a jangle, beatily sound. And in mono, this is slightly stronger as opposed to the stereo, where it's still prevalent, but doesn't seem to stand out quite as much. Here is a section of Eric's solo in the middle of the track, and I'll move from the mono over to the stereo. Pay attention once again to the ADT difference on this guitar track, as well as the bass. Into stereo. Now the fade on this track is where things get rather interesting. In stereo, George moans throughout the track. 
The fade is also significantly longer in mono and cuts into happiness as a warm gun, whereas in stereo it fades, there's a pause and then John's vocal comes in for said song. What I'll do is I'll play the entire fade in stereo first and I'll let that start up into happiness as a warm gun. And then I'll play it again in mono where it'll cut right at the end, right in the distance into John's vocal in happiness. So stereo first, then mono. Again, in mono. Now the start of Happiness is a Warm Gun is notably different between its two mixes. In stereo, John's lead vocal is far more naked sounding and up front in the centre channel while the backing track is panned off to one side, but in mono you can hear the tapping of some keys almost rhythmically on an organ, but you can't hear the organ in the track doing the same thing. Once this then moves into the main backing track as well, the band fades up more in mono, but in stereo it kind of starts. Here's that whole section in stereo first, and then again in mono. She's not a girl who misses much 
And again in mono. She's not a girl who misses much. At the end of the solo section, where there was originally a lead vocal, this was mixed out to make way for said solo sounding guitar. In stereo, the vocal was then faded back up a hair early and you can hear the down coming up, which was strangely replicated in the 2018 stereo remix. In mono, the vocal enters in at the start of the following line as it's supposed to, and the backing track here is far more impactfully mixed in mono as opposed to the rather lame sounding stereo. Here's the incorrect stereo first and the correct mono. And again in mono. At the edit into the final section, the happiness is a warm gun section, there's a little vocal squeak in the left hand channel in stereo which is absent in mono. Here it is in stereo first with the squeak and again in mono without it. And right at the end, just before the final drum roll, there is a tiny bit of laughter in mono that's absent in stereo. Here it is in mono first, and then you can hear it again in stereo where this is missing. And again in stereo. Flipping over to side two of the album, we start with Martha My Dear, and amazingly, there was zero discernible difference between the two mixes here, though I will play you a little section of it, just so you can get the vibe of this track between the two. I'll start with the mono and move into the stereo. Take a good look This is followed up by John's wonderful I'm So Tired. And after John's My Mind Is Set On You, there's a little guitar bleep in stereo, which is absent in mono. Here it is in mono first, and then again in stereo with the bleep audible. And again in stereo. 
Finally, in the choruses of the track, especially the second chorus, Paul's harmony vocal is mixed quite a bit louder almost than John's, whereas in stereo it's at an almost more natural blend as a backing vocal. Here it is in stereo first, and then again in mono, where it's much louder. And again in mono. to Blackbird, the track that is solely performed live in one take by Paul, has very little room for mixed differences in the actual musical performance. However, we do get a nice difference in the sound effects tape used for the tweeting birds in the background. Now unlike the next track that we'll get to, the sounds here are actually the same but just come in at a slightly different time, most notably in the break in the middle. What I've tried my best to do is sync up both the mono and stereo mixes so you can hear where these tweets differ in their placement in the mix. What I've done is panned the mono off to the left and the stereo off to the right and for the most part Paul and his guitar should be centralised. Because of the way I did this the tapping from the stereo mix is absent meaning that should be panned off to the left. And then the tweeting will be in stereo at different points because that is when it is in the mix. Take a little listen. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. Now, as noted before, in Piggies, which is the following track and a nice little George track on side two, the pig noises differ quite greatly actually. So the first pig sound is quite more prominent in mono and more aggressive sounding. Here it is in stereo first, followed by the mono. Mono. As the track goes along, at one point in the mono, the pig sound is completely absent after the line ending with piggy lives. Here it is in stereo first with a pig, and then in mono without pig. Everywhere there's lots of piggies living piggy lives. Mono. Everywhere there's lots of piggies living piggy lives. You can see them. And finally, right at the end, after the grand orchestral ending, the pig noise starts earlier, and so does Rocky Raccoon. What I'll do is I'll play this in mono, where it's quicker first, and then again in stereo, where it comes a little later. One more time.
and again in stereo. Moving into Dear Old Rocky Raccoon, we immediately get a mix that once again highlights the lead vocal in stereo, placing it much more prominently and up front in the center channel. The drums are also mixed differently between the two mixes for the intro of the track, with the hi-hat coming in much earlier in stereo and then fading up a bit later in mono. What I'll do so you can compare these two differences is start with the stereo where the hi-hat is and Paul stands out more. Then I'll play it again in mono where you can hear the hi-hat is absent, Paul sits a bit more naturally in the mix, but you'll hear where the hi-hat gently comes in. Rocky hat come, equipped with a gun, to shoot off the legs of his right And again, in mono. Rocky hat come, equipped with a gun, to shoot off the legs of his And lastly on this track, the edit into Don't Pass Me By at the end comes a bit later in stereo than it does in mono. Here it is in mono first and then the later stereo. And again in stereo. Ringo's first solo composition on a Beatles album and Beatles release altogether, Don't Pass Me By, has some very interesting differences between its two mixes. The mono, quite like She's Leaving Home on Sgt Pepper, runs noticeably faster than the stereo, which seems to run at a natural pace when you analyse Ringo's vocal, where he becomes a bit more of a chipmunk voice in mono. Here it is in stereo first, and then we'll move to the mono, which will be a little jarring for you. Mono. Throughout the track, the fiddle overdub appears more prominent in mono than it does in stereo, at some points almost sounding double-tracked, which it isn't, but it sounds unusually so. I've often read that the fiddle is more in the mono than it is in the stereo, but at no point does it seem to disappear in the stereo compared to the mono, it just mixed a little softer. Here it is in the mono, and then we'll move to the stereo so you can hear the difference between the two. Again, in stereo.
And finally, at the end of the track, when the fiddle enters in after the main track finishes, it has been spliced on from a different part of the track, notably sounding like the chorus, because if you listen closely in the mono, you can hear Ringo's vocal distantly in the background, as it's obviously been re-recorded and looped round at the end. However, it comes in at a different time in mono, and has a few extra phrases that are edited out of the stereo. Here it is in mono first, followed by the stereo. And again in stereo. The next track, Why Don't We Do It In The Road, is pretty simple in its differences. In stereo, there's a clap in the intro, which is not in the mono mix. Here it is in stereo first with the clap, followed by the clapless mono. And again, in mono. And at the end of this track, there is a longer break before I will in mono compared to the stereo. Here is the gap between those two in mono, followed by the quicker stereo. Why don't we do it in the road? Who knows how long and again in stereo. Why don't we do it in the road? Who knows how you may have noticed at the start of the track there that there's an extra dum in stereo as the bass vocal in the background only enters in after the first verse in mono, whereas in stereo it starts immediately. The mono as a result has a bit more of a build to it, which is a nice little touch. But here's that first verse in stereo first with the bass vocal and then again without in mono. Who knows how long I've loved you? And again, in mono. Who knows how long I've loved you? You know I love you still. Will I wait a lonely lifetime? If you want me to, I will. Throughout the track, the congas seem to be mixed more inaudibly in mono, whereas in stereo they seem to stand out a little bit more in the percussion track. Here's a section from the main body of the track in stereo with the congas, and then we'll move to the mono where they are almost inaudible. Mono. At the end of the track, we have a longer break before our closing track on the first LP and on this episode, Julia. Here it is in stereo first with the longer break, followed by the shorter break, mono. Mm -hmm. 
And again in mono. And we end the episode on a nice simple note with John Lennon's Julia, a lovely little track about his late mother, which has a lovely double tracked vocal by himself at varying points at least, which allows him to do the overlapping lines and a tripled guitar part, which starts in the right hand channel in stereo and then the other two in the center and the left hand channel entering in after the first verse. The track as a result has no discernible differences between its two mixes, but for the sake of consistency I'll show you sections of the track in both mixes here. We'll start with the mono and move to the more open sounding stereo. Into stereo. Glimmering in the sun. Julia, Julia. And with that track finished, we have finished the first LP of the White Album, or as it's actually known, The Beatles. Now, I didn't want to cram too much down your throat in one sitting, nor did I want to overload myself in a greedy method, so I have decided to split this into two episodes, and you'll get the wonderful second disc of the White Album in the next episode of Mixology, and I'll probably throw in a look at the two non-album tracks in the sessions as well, Hey Jude and Revolution, the second of which, oh, the monomix just absolutely kills the stereo, but that is a track for next time. But for now, all I'm going to say is, remember, you can contact the show at baxamonoradio at gmail.com. And remember, as I said at the beginning, I'm hoping to start up a little Patreon later in the year, so keep a little eye out for that. And next week, obviously, I'll be starting up the Back to Mono podcast again for 2021, so look out for some cool new tracks over there. But for now, I'm going to say au revoir, thanks for listening, and whoever you are, and wherever you are, have a great Great day. One, two, three. Who knows how long I've loved you?